Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to The Witching Hour. I have a great guest for you and a perfect guest because what is today? Today is Dio de las Muertes. And today, straight from Mexico City, I have the beautiful Jaime Gerones and his new book, The Little Book of the Day of the Dead. So he's going to tell you everything you need to know about today and what it is and how it is sort of amazingly ties in with the Halloween Samhain holiday we're just coming down from. But before I introduce you to, to Jaime and his beautiful book, let me tell you a little bit what I am doing this week. So if you are listening to this in the week we first drop at myparanormal.net, um, November 1st, we just got through Halloween. We just got through Samhain. New Year's, pagan New Year's, candy, overeating, costumes, pumpkins, a lot of orange and purple. And I hope you had a great time. I am sure I did since I'm most space and time a little bit right now. I probably just still in the air getting back from five days in New Orleans and the Vampire Ball where we had convivium dinners and salons and mask balls and all sorts of magic. And I did two seances on Halloween day. Yes, I am working cloning very well. I did a seance for the last Tuesday society in the UK on zoom. And later that night I did one live at the house of blues for the vampire ball. So I've been talking to dead all day <laughs> and maybe you have too. Um, but this week, this week upcoming, if you're into my classes, my Tuesday class, I'm going to do practical magic good old-fashioned practical magic. You don't have to be a witch, you don't have to be a psychic, you don't have to be a medium, but there are simple things you could put into your life every day from the minute you get up to the minute you can go to bed that adds a little bit of magic into your life and helps you get things done with a little magic. I don't know what else to say from things you do in your bathroom to when you get up in the morning into the kitchen. So Tuesday, practical magic, if you're interested, go to universitymagicus.com, universitymagicus.com. Also, this weekend, because the veil is still really, really thin, for those of you who like my TFIL boys, Elton Castee and Corey and the whole group, you can come with us this weekend. There's a secret location. We are doing public. We're not even going to tell you where. We're not even going to tell you where. It was going to be at the Cecil Hotel, but we went better. Yep, we did. So this weekend, um, I think it's Friday and Saturday. There's still tickets left. So go to U Send It Society. Look up Elton Castee, TFIL. There is still tickets. You can actually come with us on an investigation of a crazy haunted place. And who doesn't want to do that while the veil is still thin? Um, that's all my travel for a couple weeks, but we've got some good stuff coming up. Thanksgiving weekend, I'm going to be in good old Virginia City doing a live stream where you could go live or on video. The weekend after that, I'm going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth doing a whole very witchy fun weekend that I'd love to have you come to. And the weekend after that, me and a bunch of my friends my paranormal folks are going to be at a really big paracon, the Unity Paracon in Las Vegas. So come join us here. Join us there. Join us everywhere. Okay. Yep. Who is this? This is Witch Willow. Witch Willow is not taken off her Halloween witch hat yet. We, we have matching capes, matching hats, matching cloaks and everything. So this week's Willow Report, my favorite part of the day. She's gotten heavy. She's up to 11 pounds. Indeed, 11 pounds of insanity. I made a big discovery. You're going to be so surprised by this. Willow is spoiled. Crazy. Who would have thunk it? This, this 
this little princess is, I, it's been the pandemic for a year and a half where I used to house with my house would be filled with people all the time. My husband's band rehearsing, me doing seances around the dining room table, me seeing clients one-on-one sitting at my dining room table or in the living room. Well, that hasn't happened for a year and a half and it's starting to happen just again. So I literally had my first clients at my dining room table the other day, um, two lovely women, one I knew very well, and it was time for quiet time around the dining room table. She would have none of it. Me putting attention on someone else besides her, me attention to women that she didn't particularly know and want. It was a circus. It became a circus. We are trying to have this beautiful private time around the table and up one's willow with her loudest squeaky toy. Squeak, 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 squeak. Drop it at their feet. That didn't do anything. She go back. I've got to bark. She's got to go get the lady and bark at her. No, that that didn't work. Go get the bigger and louder squeaky toy. Squeak, 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 squeak. Drop it at the feet. Willow, it's not your turn. It's not your time. You get the other 23 and a half hours of the day, Willow. No, no. And my headset's gone. One thing after another, for the entire hour and a half they were there, her entire purpose was to take the full focus of everybody and everything in that space. And she was running, she was doing those zoomies up and down and all around barking. Somebody would walk within a half a block of the house and she would bark and run. So guess what, Willow? You're spoiled. I think we're going to have to do something about that. As you know, I've been saying we're going to get a real trainer because she flunked pumpy school after Halloween. And I guess it's after Halloween. So you guys know a good dog trainer out there? Get yourself a dog. Get yourself a kitty. Go to the local shelter. Go to the local wherever, everywhere. Oh, she's kissing me. She's a good girl. But you're spoiled. See, she wants all the attention herself. All right, that's it for the Willow Report. See you next time. Have a great week. Bye. And now for our magic. We are going to travel in between Mexico and Ireland and Ireland and Mexico. Why is that, you say? Because we are getting into the holiday season. And a lot of things that we need at the holiday season is a little bit extra money. Yeah. A little bit extra money. And why we go to Ireland for money, this is one of my favorite money spells. I'm kind of famous for my dollar bill spell. You may know that or sticking money into the refrigerator. But my leprechaun money pot spell is amazingly effective. So I thought I would tell you about it because we're just getting out of Halloween and Samhain. We're getting ready now is the time some people shop for presents for people and for the new year. So leprechauns, they have a pot of gold. They're at the end of the rainbow. They like money for money's sake. And it's at the end of the rainbow. They love it for what it is. They don't attach a lot of meaning to it. They don't attach a lot of anything, but money for money's sake. That's a really good attitude to have because a lot of us, a lot of us have this idea that money is a struggle and money is hard and it's, it's you have to work to get it and it's a big thing and it's this big mystery that's just out of reach. It's not just out of reach. It's at the end of the rainbow right there. Leprechauns know it. So what I advise you to do, if you want to have a different attitude about money and when you have a different attitude about money, you will have a different reality to money because that's how it works. 
get yourself a leprechaun money pot. Now you can get a little pot. Actually, my friend Phoebe just gave me this plastic green, probably leftover from the dollar store at, you know, last St. Patty's Day. But you could get, I started out with an envelope, just a plain old envelope. And I said, I wrote right on it, leprechaun money pot. I think my first one, I put a picture of a leprechaun. I drew a very bad picture of a leprechaun. It could be an envelope. It could be a little shoe box. It could be a little tiny box to start out. The leprechaun money pot is going to grow your money. Um, but what I decided to do, and you're going to put money in it, just a little bit of money when you have some money. When I first did mine, I decided I was, I do live in a cash business or I used to pre-pandemic where a lot of people paid me in cash and I come in. So I decided I was going to collect $100 bills. Why not? I didn't have any around. I didn't even have one at the time I decided I was going to collect $100 bills. But I had a $1 bill and I sharpied two zeros on it. So now I had a $100 bill, $1 bill with two sharpies. And I'm like, I'm going to start putting this in my leprechaun money pot. I put it in an envelope and I tucked it away. And then every time I had an extra dollar or eventually $100 or 20 20 or a 10 or anything in the middle, I would just tuck it into the little money pot. Now, the other thing you have to do to get that mindset of a leprechaun is you have to roll around in the money. You have to play with the money. Yeah, just like a kid. So take out that envelope, box, pot, whatever that is. Maybe throw it on the bed. Maybe roll it around on the floor. Throw that money up and roll and goofy. Money is easy. Money is fun. Money comes to me on the run. Make up a chant. It's going to be a little bit difficult when you have $1 bill in there or maybe $2 bills and rolling around and it won't have the same effect. But start it there because you will be amazed. I'm really amazed. Soon enough, you're going to have lots of little bills in there, lots of little whatever it is that you are collecting. And when you're throwing it up and going money is easy and money is fun or whatever you want to say, you're starting to believe it. And when you start to believe it, it really does happen. Now, my little money, my leprechaun money pot no matter what, I always have exactly how much money I need in that moment, at least. Literally, it's like, oh, wow, I need whatever. It's $50. Oh, $50. Oh, no, no. Last year, it was like, what? Our entire deck is falling down? I need $3,000? Guess what? I pulled $3,000 out of my leprechaun money pot. It's magic. So whether you want to start out $1 bills, you want to want to chart out with change, but be careful throwing change from a big pot on your head. You might knock yourself out, but you have to do all the steps. So you change your mindset because remember in the psychological side of things, everything is mind, body, spirit. You have to believe it because you're never going to surpass your belief system. Body you have to take action and spirit is the magic that makes it happen. That's where the leprechauns come in. So get that envelope, get that box, Write leprechaun, draw a leprechaun, charge a leprechaun, start collecting money and change your attitude about money. You'll be surprised how much easier money decides to come to you. Money is saved by you. I don't even know how it works, but it does. So have some money for the holidays. Start your leprechaun money pot now. Now let's go back to Mexico. <laughs> but for now, let me introduce you to our guest of the week, the beautiful, all the way from Mexico City, Jaime Gerones. He was only 13 years old when he started practicing witchcraft. He is the communications director and the Sociedad Wicca Mexico organization. And he was a continuing writer for The Wild Hunt. And he's also the author of this amazing book I just got, Little Book the Day of the Dead. And since it is Day of the Dead, let me introduce you to Jaime. Hi, Jaime. How are you? 
Hi, Patty. I'm good. Thank you. And you? I am well. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So um, you are my first, I think you're my first guest in Mexico at all, in Mexico City. I love, I, I haven't been to that city, but I have a friend who goes a lot and shows me beautiful pictures. <laughs> oh, well, whenever you visit, uh, I have uh, so many places to take you. Okay, <laughs> on the plane. Um, okay, so it is Day of the Dead. A lot of my people, um, we've all heard of it in America, or most of us has, but a lot of people don't know what it is. If they're pagans, they kind of understand Samhain, what Halloween is, and the celebrating of the dead. So kind of even before we get into your book, what is Day of the Dead? Of course. Well, the Day of the Dead is a celebration um here in Mexico and in other Latin American countries and also celebrated in other regions across the world where there is Latin or Hispanic communities. It's celebrated usually on November 1st and November 2nd. And it's a time where we remember those dead loved ones or our ancestors, those that are dear to us that have passed away and we honor them and we visit their, um, their graves, we set an altar for them and we leave them offerings and we cook food. It's a party. It's a party, but a party for our guests are our dead loved ones. And it's a very diverse celebration. It's uh, celebrated very differently across different regions in the country. Okay. Um, so in looking through your book, it, it's um, you have, there's all sorts of different rituals and things. Like one of them is baking bread. There's a bread of the dead. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want bread of the dead. <laughs> so yeah, food is a very important part of the holiday and you can find different traditional food in, in different regions of the country. But the most common uh, or the most famous food of the celebration is called pan de muerto, which is bread of the dead. And it's a sweet bread with the shape of bones. And it's actually something that we all um, wait with anticipation every year. And around September, when when the bakeries are trying to make bread of the dead, everyone um, posts on social media with excitement. The bread of the dead is here. It's it's a sweet bread, and it represents uh, the bones of the dead. And and you eat it. You do eat it. We eat it. Yeah, but we also sometimes like leave it on the altar as an offering, and that food is usually not eaten. It's just like left on the altar as an offering. So does does it look like I'm I'm just picturing all sorts of beautiful and wonderful and funny things. Does it look like bones, like a a thigh bone, a leg bone? <laughs> so bone. so it's a it's a bread with a circle shape. And it, it has a circle in the middle, and it usually has four bones uh, to, e to each cardinal point. Wow. Like, like in a cross. That's like the most common shape of it. The most common shape. I, that's beautiful. So now is it sort of like, as I know, traditions of eating the bones of your ancestors, it's sort of like that, right? Without eating the bones of your ancestors, eating bread, the sacredness in it. Sort of, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe you go, what is eating the bones of your ancestors? <laughs> um, more than eating the bones of your ancestors, it's more like um, and it's a bread that repre represents literally the dead. Um, but eating the bread is just like a fun part of it. it, it, it that part, specific part of it does not have a, like, um, a meaning. Uh, 
and like eating the bones, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not like you know the blood of Christ and and all that kind of stuff. That is beautiful, though. I I can't. I'm gonna have to look that up, and I want to see what the bread of the dead looks like. I I like that. So I have one. Uh, I have some drawings in my book on when when you can create one, uh, on how you you can make uh, bread of the dead, and I, I have some drawings there. Okay, so that's great. So the, the book has recipes and rituals and spells and altars this it's adorable book you guys it's a hardcover book it's it's just when you want to hold on to and carry with you and sit around it looks pretty um so now is day of the dead it's right by halloween or Samhain, and that is when the veil between the worlds is thinnest so are they really are kind of tying together that way do you guys in the right. celebration realize that the veil is thin then and that's why you celebrate yeah, so um, I, I have two answers for that. The first one is that the, the context of the Day of the Dead of why, of the background, why we celebrated around this time of year is that um, in the in indigenous communities in the center and south of Mexico, um, the, the harvest of the maize or, or the corn happens around this time of the year. So the rainy season is, is coming to an end and... and it's a time when the harvest starts and it's a time from scarcity to abundance and and, 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 and the people celebrate this abundance with their ancestors. They thank them for their blessings as the harvest wouldn't happen without their blessing, but also they share this harvest with them. So during this um, part of the year, we are, celeb we are sharing what what we have, what we have earned this year with our loved ones uh, or our ancestors. And the other part of my answer would be like, um, as a pagan and as a witch, I also see, of course, a correlation between Samhain and, 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 and the day of the day. The way I have seen it always is that the veil between the worlds is thinner. So for me, it's just like, it's common sense that it's, it's at this time of the year. And the... The common way of looking at the Day of the Dead is that the dead visit us. And my personal view, uh, and from my witch perspective on looking at the Day of the Dead, it is that it's not that they, they are literally visiting us because they have never left. It's just that when the veil between the worlds is thinner, we are noticing them. We are realizing that they are here. Right. And that's beautiful. And celebrating them. So um, in looking at your book, I oh, and again, we, we see things like the marigolds and the sugar skulls. What are some of the reasons behind that or the significance of marigolds and sugar skulls? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, the sugar skulls, um, the, the, let me start with the marigolds. Well, the, the most common flower in, in the celebration is uh, the cempasuchil, also known as the Mexican marigold. And it's a uh, yellow, uh, with a strong yellow orange color, and which represents light and life. And it has a very sweet smell, very, mm. very sweet smell. And it also happens that the harvest of this flower happens around this time of year. So this is wh why it's used on the day of the day. And it is used to um, in, in several ways, it is basically used to call our dead loved ones. So uh, some people leave uh, flowers or sprinkle the petals from the entrance of their door to their altar to guide them, uh, to, to guide the, 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 
the dead loved ones or our visitors, our guests, to our altar. Some people live in in, in some towns or, or population in some areas, they um, leave flowers from the graveyards to their homes. They, they make a whole long path of flowers. And that, that's the meaning of like the, the flowers. It's also left on the altar as offerings. Um, and you can see, you can see them in, in Mexico City and in other areas of the country. You can see the Sempasuchil or the Mexican marigold all around the city during this season. Like there's a whole avenue that has uh, these flowers. So you can see the strong orange yellow color. Beautiful. And that is great. I love the idea of, of all the way from the graveyard to the altar. That is, is gorgeous. Yeah. And in my book, when I talk about the flowers and how why we leave them as an offering, um, I like I, for example, I understand that you cannot find these flowers in other regions, probably. So I recommend, for example, when leaving an offering to your ancestors or to your dead loved ones to look for a flower with a sweet smell. And that also that it's abundant at, at, at that time of the year, at this time of the year. Okay. Okay, um, so I do want to talk about the altar in a minute, but let's go back to sugar skulls. Everybody loves sugar skulls, but what's the reason behind sugar skulls? Sugar skulls, well, um, they literally represent the death, and they're also eaten. Uh, sugar skulls, well, they are a candy made out of sugar completely with the shape of a skull, and with the eyes and and with decorations, uh, very colorful. And they are used in different ways. They literally represent the death. And they're used in, in different ways. Um, the most common is to put them on the day of the day altars. There are, there are no day of the day altars without skulls or without the, the sugar skulls. Also, a lot of people or, or children eat them during the during this season. And when I was in primary school, and there was a huge day of day of the day altar that the founder of the school used used to make, and the whole school used to make. And it was a very long aisle with with an altar. And what they used to do is that they with they would put a sugar skull with the name of of, of each uh, child, with the name of each of each person, even if, if we were alive, but it was like a fun activity to see your name there. Um, yeah, but it represents that, but the sugar skull, it's like all around the season as well. And some people eat it and some people just leave them on, leave them on the altars. Oh, sorry. That's beautiful. It seems to be a very colorful holiday, what we look at it from afar, which... It is. It is colorful and it is a celebration. It is actually a party. Um, and... Some, I think it's sometimes too difficult to express how it is a party when it's related to death or when it's related to our dead loved ones, because usually people uh, is is used to treat death with like I don't know with a respect and sad, but sad point of view only, like a grieving point of view, and it has a nostalgic tone, but it's it comes more from a celebration and it's colorful. If you are making a party, but your guests are are your dead loved ones, your ancestors, um, and I think it has to do with um, in general our our Mexican culture has a a very close relationship with that. We 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 laugh with 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 that. We 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 make fun of her, and um, we even have names of uh, to give 
we call death in different ways, like um, la huesura, which means the skinny one, and mm -hmm. we make we make fun of death. What are some of the things that you would put on an altar, the Day of the Dead altar? Right. So first of all, the Day of the Dead altar is like the most common activity of the Day of the Dead. Uh, although you can find very different celebrations uh, across regions or ways of celebrating the Day of the Dead, the one that is very common is the altar. And the altar is a, like consists of a lot of things, and even setting up the altar is is like a ritual itself. And the most common um, items that go into an altar will be like the pictures of your of your dead loved ones. Um, that will be like the first one. And and part of it is is thinking who, who would you like to include in your day of the day altar. Uh, looking for pictures. I get together with my family. We go together through photo albums and we select pictures and we talk about our our, 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 our relatives that are no longer here. It's, I mean, it's a very nostalgic but loving activity. And so the first one will be the, the, the pictures. The second one will be uh, the flowers that I mentioned, the cempasuchil or Mexican marigold or any other flowers. Um, water and water, usually it's left um, because we, it is considered that our dead relatives are thirsty after their journey to to our homes. So we leave them water as well as food because they're hungry, and we leave them um, there in the altar because they are visiting us. They're visiting our home. So just as you would be receiving a, a regular guest at your home, and you offer water and you offer food. Here you do the same for your dead loved ones. We also leave salt, which represents a, purifi a pur purification. Um, what else? Uh, candy. Um, in the case, for example, that there are dead loved ones that died as a child, it is often that we leave them uh, juice or candy or toys, things more related to children. And we also leave items that were that are specific to the individual. For example, um, my grandfather loved wine and used to smoke a lot. So I always, um, next to his picture, I leave uh, a, um, wine and, and a cigarette. Or my aunt that loved tequila, I, I leave a tequila there. <laughs> and, oh, that's good. Yeah, like it depends on, on uh, there are other items that are specific to the person. But yeah, the most common items are the, the, the flowers, candles, of course. We, we put candles. And the amount of candles uh, mostly depends on how many candles you want to put. Uh, some people leave a, a candle for each of your dead loved ones. So it also depends how many dead loved ones you're leaving. Some just put, I don't know, like a certain amount of candles for everyone. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's not just like the recently dead. I know in some pagan practices, a traditional British craft, you could bring put on the picture the altar, the day of our, our uh, Samhain altar, you would put anybody, but you would call out the names of those just that past that past year. So for Dia de las Puerta, for yours, <laughs> they don't, it's, it's just all of your dead. If they that's died as a child. That's a really good question. It, it, and it depends. It, to, it it depends a lot of, on the on the person. There are some regions that I know that do not include 
their day of the dead, their dead that recently died, and they wait around like um, months or, or, or a year uh, after they have uh, died to include them the next to, to include them the next year. Um, in my case, I, I, I do include them um, even if they have died recently. Okay. All right. I think that is beautiful. I absolutely adore that you guys talk about them because I think that's what our modern society misses that reminiscent everybody's stuck on their televisions or in their phones and on their things and to, to really talk about that i think that's something we should all incorporate whether we're celebrating that or not to to talk about so thank you i i think i'm going to do it this year definitely <laughs> i'm going to read your book i'm going to i don't know about the baking the bread though my husband won't let me in the kitchen <laughs> but other than that so, and going about a little bit, I'd love to know a little bit more about you. You you got into the practice of witchcraft. You were really little, like 10, 10, 10 years oldish. How did how did that happen? Right. Well, I I I, I think I was lucky, and I was born. Although I was raised in a Catholic family, um, I I feel lucky or fortunate that I was born in a family uh, or with parents that were very open-minded and they always allowed me to explore my spirituality. And my father was, um, when he was younger, he was very into esoteric and occult uh, subjects. So he was the one that gave me my first tarot cards. And like, that's that's how I, I, I started like in the witchy, stuff in general and, and at some point I found a, a, a weekend book in a bookstore and, and I liked it and I thought like this is this is just like what I have always thought kind of uh, and I started reading and I first started studying online and then I found a coven in person and a teacher in person and my my parents even visited some of the celebrations, the, 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 some of the rituals to understand more what it, what, what was it about. And they liked it, and 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 they even stayed for a bit. And and that's how we started on on week, I think. That is beautiful. Yeah, I got my mom to come to some stuff when she was alive too. Come see the crazy things your daughter's doing now, Aww. and it was cool. She got it. Um, and so what is The Wild Hunt? I see that you're a writer of The Wild Hunt, and I kind of look it up. What, so tell my listeners who are very interested in this whole subject, what is The Wild Hunt? Of course. Well, um, The Wild Hunt is a news website that is made for pagans, witches, Wiccans, heavens, and minority religions, and, and it's an international news site. And there uh, you, you can find news about uh, all these subjects about what happens in the community and I'm, I'm a columnist there. I have a column there um, I write every two three months and I, and, and I speak from my perspective on how's my practice here, uh, what other pagans or, or witches are doing here in the community and that's it. That is beautiful. So yeah, check it out. And we'll get to how people can find you and how people can find that. So, so how is it in Mexico City, the acceptance of the witchy part of things is is it more open than it used to be is it just kind of part of the practice or not looked at it's a very complex question and on one hand i think mexico is a very magical uh, 
um, ways. Uh, um, I mean that you can find um, an magic or even pagan practices all around or even like folk magic practices um, and it is very often like I don't know if you go to a market to find like the lady that is known as uh, as, as a sorcerer and she also has may, may have like catholic catholic signs or but she like performs magic she she creates candles for people and people go to to buy her herbs and candles um, or you can walk through the street and you can find like shrines to um the lady guadalupe virgen de guadalupe or to santa muerte like you can find this i don't know like magical spiritual magical side of, of, of Mexico all around. But at the same time, like most of the population is Catholic. And um, so it's weird because um, a lot of people are into magic or even they can speak about the witchcraft, but it is it is still often that it you say that, um, I don't know, I'm a witch uh, or in Spanish, uh, a brujo or bruja, mm -hmm. uh, they, they would first be like, what do you mean? Um, and then, when you explain a bit what is it about the like oh you're a good witch you're a white witch and like they they feel better but mm, i think in general the, the magical part of it everyone is in, uh, most of them are interested about it but when you talk about the religion or the practice or more the spiritual practices um they take longer to process it right I get that, sort of like here too. So on that same note, for the Day of the Dead, is that considered Catholic or pagan or just part of the culture or is it considered anything at all as far as? That's a good question. I would say just part of the culture. The, like the history is full of uh, syncretism. It's a mix between um, how the American people viewed death and even had some ce celebrations related to death. Um, but also it's related to the Catholic celebrations that came with the Spanish people. Um, but nowadays it's more uh, in the culture and it goes beyond uh, our religion. You can see it, um, you can see people that maybe consider themselves atheists or that they do not have a spiritual or religious path or or, or, or yeah or practices and you can see that they set up a day of the day altar. It's 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 in the culture. And one example I give is that uh, four years ago, we had a very strong earthquake in Mexico City in 2017, and some buildings some buildings collapsed. And you can see that it was around September, so next month, that it was almost the Day of the Dead, um, the neighbors around these buildings uh, built or, or set up altars, set Day of the Dead altars outside these collapsed buildings, to honor the people that have died there. I mean, it's something that like no one in specific organized, but it's, it's the people, it's the community that do that. And it goes beyond the religion or the practices. That's beautiful. Um, it, I must say, I, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but in, in Los Angeles in California, which has a very large Mexican population, we like to celebrate Day of the Dead or our version of it. Again, not everybody knows what it means, but we have um, this one great big cemetery right in the middle of Hollywood. It, it's it's called Hollywood Forever. They do a huge Day of the Dead celebration every year. And it's it's a festival, it's a party, it's everything. They probably even have that bread there. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and and it, it's it's really great. Again, we do have a very big Latin and Mexican population. We are right next to Mexico and right. Southern California, uh, but I, I can't speak for the rest of the country. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, and here, like you can find the day of the day even like in or or altars in in schools or 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 libraries or I don't know like. A library may, may may set up a day of the day altar dedicated to writers that have died. Um, like, yeah, it's part of the culture. You can see it. Um, you can see altars everywhere. Yeah, my little neighborhood. I live in the Hollywood Hills, right under the Hollywood sign, and it, it's like one of those Hollywood Hills neighborhood. And we do our, what we we call Halloween because it's a neighborhood really big. This year, it is a complete Day of the Dead theme, and they are doing an ancestor altar in my neighborhood, both for trick-or-treating little kids, and they're telling people they can bring stuff, and it's also a very adult as well as kids celebration. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be actually be in New Orleans, but um, oh. but I just love that my neighborhood, from pirate theme one year and whatever thing, you know, Wizard of one year, it's all of Day of the Dead, and they're doing a full altar and looking into it. So magic is everywhere. Oh. That sounds very nice. So, so going back to the witchy part of thing, you're practicing. You've been for a long time. You're an author. You write for, you know, a pagan. What are some of the things? And my my show is about empowerment. We have a lot of new, just beginning and searching for their practice, learning a path, creating a path for themselves. What are some of your day to day things where your faith, your belief system, your witchcraft or pagan, your Wiccan helps you in your day to day life? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think there's always a moment, at least one moment during my day that I go to my altar um, to connect um, with my spirit, with the divine, uh, with my guides, and to first ground myself. And um, I think that it, during our day to day or during our day jobs or with the traffic or now with the pandemic, um, and like sometimes we we may you know, put our attention to things that at the end are not that important. So I think that the most important part of my routine will be that at some point of my day to always go to that place that is sacred to me or that space, even if it's a mind space and not a physical space, and ground myself and think about and reflect on 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 my spiritual part, on my spirit, and connect to 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 the divine. That is beautiful, and we all can use that a little bit every day. <laughs> um, well, I can't. Like, time is flying by. Um, so, my people who are all now interested in you, where can people find you? Where can people find your book? Anything you have that's upcoming that you want to talk about? Oh, thank you. Well, in my book, you can find it in your favorite local bookstore. It's also on known online stores like Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can also find it at lewelling.com. And um, you can find me on Twitter as Jaime Girones all together or on Instagram as Jim Magical. Okay, beautiful. Um, well, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. And again, we are doing this. It's we're you know, taping this a little bit beforehand, but I want to wish everybody a happy Day of the Dead. Or say it in Spanish. Dia de Muertos. Dia de Muertos. 
you know, he's it's pretty. It's such a pretty language for a clunky American. Clunky is my word of the day. You don't have anything clunky on you, honey. <laughs> um, anyway, so look him up. Uh, this book, again, it is beautiful. You can throw it in your bag. You can throw it in your thing and set it real pretty on the coffee table. That's all I can say. And I can't wait to make that bread if anybody ever leaves me. You have. You have things cut out, how to make things, how to make flowers. It's it's kind of a real handy-dandy little package deal. Yes. And thank you so much, Patty. I appreciate your, your kind words. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Come back again. You have another book coming up soon? No, not yet. I'm 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 processing this one and I'm enjoying the moment. Good. But who knows what happens next? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. So, every, thank you for visiting the Witchy Hour, Jaime Garones. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs>